This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Uh, good morning, Wendy. Welcome. Morning, Brad. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us on a holiday. It's a pleasure. So we're talking about GI and GL, and I was telling the listeners it's got nothing to do with cars because everyone's looking for the <laughs> GL version of the car. This is glycemic index and glycemic load, and I've seen it on the back of some foods that you buy, telling us it's low GI or low GL. And I have the sneaking suspicion we buy these things. It sounds impressive, but we really have no idea what it all means. Yes, well, I think many people are aware of the glycemic index, but not that many are aware of the glycemic load. So both of them have an impact, um, but they are a little different. So I think if we, if we look at the differences, then mm. it helps you to understand what you're eating a little bit better. Okay, so let's start with the one we probably know best, and that's the glycemic index. Yes, so the glycemic index of a food is a scientifically calculated amount um, that is done in a lab. And, and that it measures how closely a food resembles glucose. So glucose is at 100, and um, all the other foods are measured against that scale on a scale of 0 to 100. And, uh, I mean, that's a big scale, and I'm guessing we need to keep it as low as possible. See, I'm already confused, yes. and we've just started. Yes. Yes, so glucose is 100. So we know that glucose, you know, people who have diabetes or who struggle with blood sugar fluctuations, especially hypoglycemia, where the blood sugar drops, they need glucose because you quickly need to get your blood sugar up and then you need to eat something that can sustain that. Uh So 100 is going to really push your, your blood sugar right to the top. So the lower the GI, the better for the glycemic um the load on your on your blood sugar. So you want to keep your foods low GI so that you don't have these spikes and drops and spikes mm. and drops throughout the day. Yeah, I I remember reading this when I was much younger about having that uh, having that insulin response uh, after you've had something that will be a high GI and then it slams you right down onto the ground. All you want to do is sleep. Exactly. Yes. So we want to avoid those fluctuations and therefore you want to keep your foods in the lower to medium GI range. Okay, so um, uh, is this glycemic index, is it affected by anything else? I mean, if we combine certain things together, does it bring, does it bring down the GI? Help us to understand when it comes to portion size or food combinations. It can. So food combinations are very important. So if you eat a teaspoon of sugar, for example, that's going to have a very big impact on your blood sugar immediately. Whereas if you are having say, a a whole wheat bread, a slice of whole wheat bread with maybe some peanut butter and some honey on the top, that's going to have a much lower release. So you still have a sugar there and Mm. you still have a very high glycemic index sugar, but you also have a protein and a fat Uh and a slow-releasing carbohydrate. So that's the importance with um, with, with managing the, the intake of your food. Okay, so we aren't just going to know that. It's not an obvious thing. So I'm, I'm thinking we need a, a Wendy, Christian, to kind of get in there and help us out to make these right food combos, right? Yes. So it certainly does help. I mean, there are many apps as well that are available that tell you what the GI is of food. Uh-huh. Um, and some of your, your products are branded as low GI. 
So those ones would obviously be the safest ones to eat. But if you are unsure, then somebody like me would definitely be able to help you put together some sort of plan that's mm. going to keep your blood sugar nice and stable. Yeah, that's what we want. Can you help us out to know the differences between sort of low GI and medium GI and high? So if we think about what we're eating every day, we can let our minds go and, and find out what are the better choices to make in a day. Yes, so your low GI foods include green vegetables, some of your fruits, raw carrots, um, kidney beans, chickpeas, and lentils, so some of your legumes, mm. whole grain breakfast cereals, and whole grain bread. Okay, so those are the low GI ones. Those are the low GI okay, ones. Okay, and, yes. and then the medium, because I see you said some fruits, so I'm guessing some of the other fruits are going to have slightly higher GI. So what does the medium ones look like? So the medium ones would then be things like sweet corn or mealies, bananas, raisins, and grapes. And then your instant cereals. Instant cereals can actually border on high as well, depending on the type of cereal. And rye bread is also more of a medium GI food. Okay, so these are the good ones. Low GI, better, medium GI. We're really pushing it. And now we're stepping into that space. And these naughties in the high GI foods list come up often in our conversations because these are the ones we should be cutting down or in some cases eliminating. Am I right? That's right. So these are the ones that are really going to give you those blood sugar fluctuations that you want to avoid. And they include your white rice, white breads, white potatoes, donuts, cakes, pasta, biscuits, any of those refined carbohydrates. So now you listed those high GI foods. People are crossing their arms and pulling funny faces at their radios this morning. They're saying, well, these are the things we like. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so those are the ones that are not the best for us. So help us now, we've looked at GI, and that was actually a lot less confusing than I thought it might be. It's really quite straightforward. You've explained it so beautifully. So help us with the next one, and that's glycemic load. So the glycemic load of the food is the measure of the quantity and quality of the carbohydrate value of the food. So if you are looking at, it's what is the impact of that entire meal. If you look at the meal in its combination, Mm. and foods with a high glycemic load will encourage the body to store fat whereas those with a low glycemic load will encourage the body to burn fat. So Uh we want to keep our meals at a low glycemic load. Okay, so again, we're back to the point where we might need a bit of help when it comes to combining. So so can you give us a a little bit of a a clue here or an example of, of what would be a good glycemic load combo meal? Okay, so a good glycemic combo meal would be a protein, say meat, fish, or chicken with green vegetables and maybe a small serving of pumpkin or butternut or something like that. A bad or a a, a less healthy choice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not that bad, is if you're eating meat, chicken, or fish with potatoes, rice, pumpkin, and then maybe there's a piece of cauliflower or something on the plate, but nothing green and um, largely weighed on the, um, on the, on, on the, on the heavy carbohydrate yes. side. So if we've got a list of low GI foods and medium GI foods, we can, it'll be a lot safer to make the most combinations coming out of those two groups. Yes, yeah. And, and if you remember that carbohydrates carry almost all of the glycemic load in your meal. So if you look at the entire plate, the portion on your plate that carries the most must actually be the smallest. Yes. And we don't do the thing where we have half the plate is full of rice and then everything else is small on, on, on top of it. Uh, we need That's to keep right. the, the rice and the potatoes down to the smallest part of the meal. And truth be told, for the most part, because of the way those foods make us feel and how lucky they are to eat, we end up having more of those things and, the, and less of the other things. Exactly. So if you look at a balanced plate and if you, if you put your plate into a quarter, 
the one quarter of the plate should have maybe some proteins on it. The other quarter, which is uh, you know going to be the small, also a small portion, is going to be those starchy carbohydrates. And then the half of the plate should be green vegetables, salads, non-starchy vegetables. So that's ideally how the balance should look on the plate. So based on what you've said here, I think we, we're all consuming foods from all three. So we just need to start looking at the high GIs and the medium to highs. And we need to start cutting down on those and upping particularly the low GIs. And we're actually well on our way to getting the balance right. That's right, yeah. And it's not difficult. It is a sustainable plan. It's something that the whole family can do. So you're not cutting out specific food groups, but you're just making sure that your ratios are more in proportion and, uh, and keeping your blood sugar nice and stable. Yes, and if you're going to have a piece of cake, the smallest, like one little scoop, if at all. And exactly. Do, and, don't, and, <laughs> and if you're going to get a donut, the only part you should be eating is the hole in the middle. Am I right, Wendy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. Uh, that that actually was. I thought initially we we're going to go into this glycemic load and glycemic index, and we're going to need a, a white coat and a clipboard to figure this one out. You set it out for us beautifully, and uh, we'll have this available as a podcast for you as we do every single Thursday. A huge thanks to you on your day off, Wendy. We appreciate you dropping in and sharing your expertise with us. We love that as health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. Is our Wendy? Have yourself a wonderful youth day, and thank you so much. Thanks, Brad. Have a wonderful day, too. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.